You just think that anyone can come to the U.S. like absolutely. If you go to the go to New York, go to the Statue of Liberty. What's it say? All is welcome. <laughs> I don't think it says that, but dude, this is great because okay, I just happened to pick up um, three guys from Honduras. Well, they were at Home Depot. They're they're from Honduras and they have nowhere to go. So okay. this just works out perfect. Look, um, Hector takes medication twice a day. And and right now they gotta use the bathroom. All three of them. Uh, and you, That's yes. Is it cool if they stay here? No. No, they won't. Why not? What do you mean? I don't know them. Who are they? So they can't stay here then? It's cool if they come to the country, just not your f***ing house? No, bro. Uh, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Hypocrite. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Sorry, man. Hip hypocrite. Look, I don't know if that was set up or not, but Hector Takes Medication. That should be the title of today's show. Hector Takes Medication. The three of them have to poop. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is June 6, 2022. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Subscribe wherever you are watching if you have not already. And if you want to join us for the post-game show, rubenreport.locals.com. I'm in a particularly good mood this morning and I sense we have a fine show for you. The theme today is if you did not see it yesterday. Well, I know you didn't see it live because you're always watching the Rubin Report at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, but you might've seen some clips of South Carolina Senator and now presidential candidate Tim Scott go on The View. Now, when The View was created, it was to offer many different view points. Barbara Walters uh, is long gone off this mortal coil, and the show has devolved into basically one view. And if you don't bow to that view, they will call you a racist and a homophobe and a transphobe and everything else. So anyway, Tim Scott went on, got into it with Sonny, got into it with the other hosts. It's just crazy. We got a couple clips of that. Uh, but I wanted to start with that to really set us up not only on the race thing, which a certain set of people refuse to let go of, but of course the sexuality and gender thing and now how it's related to children with, which again, a certain set of people, and there's a lot of overlap. If I was uh, Kamala Harris, I would say there's a Venn diagram showing the overlap of these race obsessed and sexuality obsessed people. Uh, but there is a glimmer, a teeny tiny glimmer of hope in the Democrat party, just a flicker little little ember of something for the Democrats. And it's RFK Jr., obviously. We're going to get him on the show soon. We're just working on the date on that. Uh, but he went on Jordan Peterson's podcast. And Jordan, uh, you guys know my feelings about Jordan. And obviously, really, I think our, our you know, prime public intellectual, really, in, in the entire world. Uh, but he's also become an excellent interviewer. And we're going to show you a little clip of that. Uh, and just remember, as we set up today's show, even though I'm going to be exposing these people and making fun of these people, and mocking these people, I think it's very important that we all remember that Democrats are Americans too, okay? No matter how badly they don't want to be. And we have to do our best to help them. All of that in mind, we'll get to it in just a moment. But first, let me talk to you guys about Ramp. Uh, do you feel like your financing software isn't cutting it? Want the latest and greatest in financial software to simplify spending, help you save time, and keep you from getting trapped in busy work? Check out Ramp. Ramp is the corporate card and expense management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. That way, when Connor orders extra guacamole, I am alerted about it. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again, and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on employee expenses will close your books eight times faster. Ramp saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 3.5% in the first year. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash Ruben. That's R-A-M-P dot com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right. South Carolina senator, presidential candidate, and decent human being. I have had him on the show before. This is a very, I think you would say, moderate Republican, good dude, happens to be black. I would say happens to be black. 
He's a senator from the South, okay? I've given you a little bio there, 57 years old, running for president of the United States. He went on The View, and God bless him for doing it. And here is Tim Scott versus Sonny Huston. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism? Let me ask, answer the uh, question that you've answered. Does it ex- or does it even exist yeah. in your mind? Let me, let me uh, answer the question this way. One of the things that I think about, and one of the reasons why I'm on the show, is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but, I can't but it Im- is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 my, years. Yeah, so, so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, African-American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African-American who's now running for mayor. The head of the Highway Patrol for South Carolina is an African-American. Still exceptions. In, 19, in 1975, um, there was about 15% employment in the African-American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under 5%. 40% homelessness and 50% of, of African-Americans 50% of the folks get, in our community get 13% make, I, of the population. You have a chance to ask the question. I know that I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful, so I'm going to do the that same thing. True. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest that the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America, because he believed in having faith in God, mm-hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids, would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. All right, I want to put aside the, the numbers and specifics for a second. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, But isn't there something so refreshing about not just hearing truth, I always talk about that, but something aspirational. Like Tim Scott, he is saying, my life, me, guy sitting next to you, Sonny Hostin, as you look at me like this with that body language, I mean, she is such a piece of work, that I am not the exception, right? And then I can list out all of these other people and she's like, well, those are exceptions, exceptions too. How many people have to succeed for it not to be the exception? Right. And then when she starts talking about unemployment and these things and other things, it's like, well, we can talk about behaviors. We can talk about government programs that have destroyed the family and all of those things. But if he was to bring up any of those things, obviously it was not going to go well. And it it devolved. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, But, you know, even this idea that, you know, America's had a black president and we have plenty of black senators and congressmen and all that and a black VP and everything else. You know, America is a fairly young country. We're only 250 some odd years old. There are nations in Europe, westernized nations in Europe that have existed for hundreds and thousands of years, in essence, uh, that have never had black uh, prime ministers, presidents, et cetera, et cetera. That tells you, it doesn't say something specific, oh, because that's just one job, but it tells you something about the culture of the people. We have long let this stuff go. There is no quarter of American society in any way that has anything to do with anything roughly mainstream that where racism is acceptable. And this idea of systemic racism, and this is where, unfortunately, because we all have different definitions for things, it can get quite confusing. The idea of systemic racism, that racism is built into the system. If you were asking me to define that, I would go by the definition that Tim Scott has, and, and I would say most, most thoughtful people have, which is that if you're saying something systemic, that it means it has to be built into the system, like, oh, black people can't drink out of these water fountains. We are going to stop you from going on this street, you are not going to get this loan, there's gonna be laws that you can't do this, that, or the other thing. None of those things exist. None of those things exist. So it is not in the system. Are there individuals who happen to be racist? Of course there are, and there's always going to be them. And the best you can do, as I always say, is show them that racism and collectivism is not the way forward. Unfortunately, it's the lefties that love collectivism, right? Like she, Sonny Hostin ironically loves the thing that is feeding racism. But anyway, it continued. And then they had to actually had to cut to commercial because it was going so haywire. Every kid today can look 
just change the stations and see how much progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN, Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. And for us to so suggest... America has met its promise. No, of course, the, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. But in fact, the challenges that we face 50 years ago and 60 years ago should not be the same challenges that we face today. And here's the way that you, you measured that. When my mother was born, about 10% of African-Americans got a high school degree, wow. diploma. Today, it's over 90%. When you look at the income, when you look at the income success that That's we've an had... HBCU stat. Well, listen, HBCU stat is a good okay. one because one of the reasons <laughs> why I took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country and then I helped make it permanent is because I believe that education is the closest thing to magic in America. So I'm about making sure that our kids have as many opportunities to succeed as possible. It's one of the reasons why... I need I did, an opportunity to well, succeed. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> because I have to go to... Oh, they're they're we have more time, though. They're big... <laughs> They, you're we coming. More, I'm, just, coming back. I'm just getting started. I, know. I believe all people I can see the success that I've had. Oh, we'll be oh, right oh, back. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa now. This is The View. You're not going to be making too much sense on this program. We got to cut to commercial. You can be guaranteed. Look, I get that television shows have certain rules. There's clocks they have to hit and everything else. If they were crushing him and annihilating him, there is no chance in high hell, I'd bet the farm, that they would have been cutting to commercial right there. He's on such a beautiful soliloquy of truth with an aspirational message. And again, Sonny Hostin... Like, is there anyone who is more unlikable on television? And I, I'm ta I watch clips of Joy Reid, so I know what unlikable people are. But that face she has, that dismissiveness, it is just so absolutely incredible. So what, what is the thesis, really, of today's show? Well, I want to remind you of a quote that we've read a few times over the years uh, by Economist and, and really the guy out of all the interviews I've ever done that I, that I probably, they can put it on my, on my gravestone that I did this one. Uh, this is, of course, Thomas Sowell. Uh, Racism is not dead, but it is on life support, kept alive by politicians, race hustlers, and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racist. And I think that's exactly what we are seeing really all over society these days with the false accusations of racism. But really what comes out of particularly that show and Sonny Hostin and these types of people all day long, that no matter what black people accomplish, whether you're president of the United States or you're a senator or you're an astronaut or you're a freaking basketball player or whatever it might be, you're always the exception, right? That's never the rule because we want to keep you thinking you're oppressed. Because if we can keep you thinking you're oppressed, we can control you. We literally can control you. And then, by the way, you'll never look at our policies, right? You'll never look at those big government policies that give handouts to people that keep them trapped in poverty and everything else, right? That's the last thing the Democrats want you to do. It's why, the, it's why on The View, they never show you the crime that's in Chicago every weekend, right? If Sonny Hostin, she's so concerned about black people, I think at least 50 black people were shot in Chicago this weekend. It's why the NAACP, not the NCAA, uh, why they don't issue a travel warning for Chicago where black people are being shot by black people, but they will issue it for Florida where literally nothing bad is happening to black people and there's more black small business ownership than any other state in the union. But we will continue to break this down in just a moment. Let me talk to you about Home Title Lock. Guys, you know, the deed to our homes is the only document that proves that you own it. The problem is the deeds to all our homes are online right now. A criminal can find, forge your signature, and refile as the new owner of your home. Then they'll take out loans using your home's equity and leave you in debt. You won't know this until the collection notices show up as loans you never took out. Homeowner's insurance doesn't cover you and neither do common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock is your peace of mind that the deed to your home is protected. Go to hometitlelock.com slash Dave and use promo code Dave. Enter your address for a no obligation home title scan to see if you're already a victim. That's $100 value absolutely free. Be sure to use my promo code Dave for your free title scan at hometitlelock.com slash Dave. 
promo code Dave. And now back to me. Let's pull up that tweet one more time because it is the, uh, the framing of the show today. Racism is not dead, but it is on life support. Kept alive by politicians, race hustlers, and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racist. So politicians, this might be like Joe Biden, for example, constantly saying that every Republican is ultra MAGA racist, white supremacist, et cetera, et cetera. The race hustlers uh, like a Sonny Hostin, like a Joy Reid. We can go through this endlessly. Uh, and now we will give you something going on in the news right now. The New York Times itself is a race-hustling organization. So listen to the way they frame this story. This is from the New York Times. About 10% of offers to New York City's most elite public high schools went to black and Latino students this year, education officials announced on Thursday in a school system where they make up more than two thirds of the overall student population of the overall of the student population overall. Okay, so now if you read that, and this is what lefties do with most things, the average person reads that and they go, my God, two thirds of the students are somehow black or brown, but only 10% got in. That must be racism. This is what uh, Sonny Hostin and many other people would call systemic racism. There must be some thing within the system, some bug in the system that is stopping black people from getting into these high schools. And it must be that the principals are racist. There's a racist policy. They're looking at people's skin color and they're saying, we don't want black people here. Well, Wesley Yang, who's actually a great journalist, uh, he uh, looked at that headline and did some digging uh, and we confirmed this. Everybody took the exact same test that was the sole criterion for admissions. 64% were Asian. And this gets to the crux of it. When you say you are for equity, meaning we want everyone to end up in the same place, which is a communist idea, it sounds good for a moment. Oh, it would be nice. Everybody will end up in the exact same place. But then to eliminate what you perceive as racism, in this case against black people, you must be racist against other people. And usually these days, it's not white people, it's actually Asian people. So Asian people, and we can discuss all the reasons why, right? It, it's somewhat controversial, but Asian people who by and large focus on family and education, tiger mom, right? All of that stuff, they generally speaking, work very hard, it's a cultural thing, okay? They are scoring very high on these tests, which as Wesley pointed out, was the sole criterion to get into these elite high schools. So if you are for equity, as Sunny Hostin is, if she looks at this and says this is racist, what she is saying is we should take certain students based on skin color who score worse in these things for whatever reason, we should put them in these schools. And then in the first version of that would be like, people would be like, oh, that's really great. We're helping people who need help. But of course, the second version of it, the next, the second order of things is, oh, I'm going to have to punish a young Asian kid who worked very hard to do that. Now, as you guys know, this is exactly what they're doing at Harvard right now. They are still doing it at Harvard. Harvard felt they had too many Asians. I don't know, even know what that means. They had too many Asians. This is crazy. This is what they used to do with Jews decades ago. We have too many Jews. We have too many Asians. We don't like that. They're scoring well. Uh, they seem to... Uh, do the work that we ask them to do and they go off and they succeed in life. But we're not really interested in that. We have this new woke ideology here. And then ultimately, of course, as you guys know, what you do is if you say to a certain kid, you're going to get into an elite high school with lesser grades, you're going to get into an elite college with lesser grades, you're going to get into an elite med school or grad school with lesser grades, you're going to get into the job that you want with lesser qualifications. Eventually, our planes will fall out of the sky and our heart doctors will not know how to perform surgery, et cetera, et cetera. And then you will have actual racists because there will be people who will not want black pilots or heart doctors because they're going to want to know what the pedigree was to get them that far. That is where this is all going. But let's continue uh, on this. It's not just the New York Times, the way they frame it. The New York Times wants their base. They want the readers of the New York Times to think that the system is racist. So Sonny Hostin can then say it to Tim Scott. But check this out. Uh, this is from OutKick. Uh, Jamel Hill, and Jamel Hill was an ESPN sports person. She got eventually fired by ESPN and a big thing. Uh, she moved on, was having a 
uh, podcast over at Spotify. Jamel Hill is out at Spotify after daring the company to pay her or another black host $100 million to match Joe Rogan. Spotify said no. Uh, there's a quick update on this story that adds a little color here. Uh, Jamel Hill says what has been reported about her isn't true. She says her podcast was not canceled, but didn't deny the cited Bloomberg report that she is leaving Spotify. In fact, she states she is leaving due to investment and growth differences, which Bloomberg reported and is cited below, was due to Spotify needing to rein in costs and deliver profits. She also said she never directly asked Spotify for $100 million. That is correct, but as also reported below, she publicly challenged Spotify to hand $100 million to someone who is black. Somebody, as in one person, meaning herself or another black podcaster, as reported. It's unclear what Hill sought to accomplish with her tweet. Perhaps all she cleared up is that she would be out of the company, but has not left. You really need to understand the craziness of, of this type of thing. So Jamel Hill, who, as I said, she was at ESPN. She went really woke. Uh, we know what's happened to ESPN parent company, Disney. Their ratings are in the tank. They've turned so many people off of sports altogether. You guys know I, don't, I, I love basketball. I love basketball more than anything basically, except my kids and my husband, and I don't watch basketball anymore. I have no idea what's going on in the NBA Finals. I just don't care anymore. I watch old games because ESPN went so woke and it just, like, you don't turn on a basketball game and you're racist and you're a homophobe and blah, blah. Okay, so then she moves to Spotify. But this claim, this ridiculous claim that, that Spotify, to prove that they are not racist, should give a host, whether it is her or anyone else, that they should give a host $100 million a black host, is crazy. Do you know why they gave Joe Rogan $100 million? Joe Rogan has by far, it's not even close. As successful as Dave Rubin is, he's not even close. Joe Rogan has by far the most successful podcast in the world. Hundreds of millions of views and downloads uh, per month, et cetera, et cetera. The cultural influence, all of that stuff. They did it not because he was white. Like they were like, you know, we've got a hundred mil sitting around. Could we find a white guy to help out? They did it because he is good. He is creating something of value. But what she thinks in her mind, and again, this is what equity and modern leftism and wokeism does to everybody. They see everything through a racial lens. So it's like, if let's just say Joe Rogan happened to be black. Joe Rogan happened to be black and he was making 100 mil. Do you think an Asian podcaster would be out there being like, if Spotify doesn't give me, uh, I don't know what accent that was, but if Spotify doesn't give me 100 million too, then they're anti-Asian. It is all crazy. But again, that, that concept that Thomas Sowell was telling you, this woman, by the way, she's worth a ton of money. I actually saw her once in the LA airport. She was with Michael Jordan, not Michael Jordan, the basketball player, Michael Jordan, the actor, you know, uh, Creed. And she was wearing these shoes, these fluffy shoes that clearly were like multi-thousand dollar shoes. This is not a poor woman, but she needs the victimhood. Sonny Hostin needs the victimhood. This is what Thomas Sowell said. There are people who want to keep this thing alive. Speaking of that, we are now gonna show you a clip from the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. There's this guy, Ellie Mistal on there, major, major race huckster uh, with a heck of a, heck of a hairdo. Uh, and here he is uh, telling everyone that Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, is a racist and has always been a racist. Well, all the media people, especially all the generally kind of mainstream media people, especially, who tend to act like Roberts is some kind of moderate good guy influence on the Supreme Court, make no mistake, John Roberts has been an enemy of black people voting for his entire legal career. Indeed, his first job after he finished clerking was to work for the Reagan White House, arguing against an expansion to the Voting Rights Act that was initially that was eventually pull, pushed through. Um, that was conceived of by uh, the late Lonnie Guineer that was so popular that even Ronald Reagan had to sign that expansion of the Voting Rights Act. Um, the Voting Rights Act was you, uh, was confirmed under George W. Bush by a voice vote. These are bedrock American principles that even Republicans agree with, but not John Roberts. John Roberts has been our enemy on voting rights for his entire life, and he's going to continue to be our enemy this month. 
First off, ladies and gentlemen, I have to do it. It happens now and again, an on-the-fly correction. That was not the televised mental institution of MSNBC. That was a program called Roland, Roland Martin Unfiltered. So there you go. I've corrected myself in real time. Everyone can calm down. Uh, basically, everything he said there was nonsense. Just put, a, put aside all the specifics. Like, let's just put aside the specifics for a second. You really have to think about this. Do you think that the Supreme, that the head of the Supreme Court, right, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, do you think he doesn't want black people to vote? Do you think that there is anyone, anyone, that again is anywhere within anything you could call roughly mainstream, and I would have a very wide lane on that, that does not want people to vote because of the color of their skin and is actively working to stop a certain skin color uh, of people to vote. It's, it's completely crazy. But again, that Thomas Sowell quote, there's a set of people that need, they need their base to keep believing that. Why? So they will keep voting for the Democrat grift. That is the answer. It, it, it ain't that difficult once you see it. But it's not just race now. It's been race, right? For, for probably a decade, it was, it was almost all based in you're a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist. But then, of course, as you guys know, what's happened over the last couple of years, the new thing is, well, for a while it was you're a homophobe, uh, and then it suddenly became you're a transphobe, right? And th this is a crazy notion. You are allowed to have personal beliefs. Uh, you are allowed to have religious beliefs, all of those things. Uh, you may remember this one. This, this is really something else. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney, and you know Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan is the guy who is a girl who uh, got his and or her face on Bud Light, causing Bud Light to lose about $10 billion in market share. Uh, Dylan, a couple months ago, was invited, Joe Biden, uh, well, Joe Biden doesn't do anything. Somebody behind Joe Biden invited a whole bunch of TikTokers. Now, TikTok is a Chinese spy app on a lot of people's phones, but they decided to let everybody into the White House because they were on TikTok. So Joe Biden invited Dylan Mulvaney uh, to the White House to, for a TikTok conference, and they started talking about child transitions. And uh, you might remember this one. You'll, you'll see why we're showing it to you. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. This is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and love you. God love you. All right, first off, for, by every estimation, Brock's not feeling well today. He's not here. I'm not going to have him Google it. We, we, there is every reason to believe that that person still has a wang. So she's, she or he is counting the days and still has a wang, but okay. Uh, first off, uh, it's not gender affirming, right? We have to stop using their language. It's the least affirming thing you could do when you chop someone's genitals off, right? If someone walked in here and chopped my genitals off, I wouldn't be like, thank you for affirming me, okay? I'm a eunuch and I'm affirmed, here we go. That's one thing. Also, this, this thing where Joe Biden, and I get it, he doesn't know what he's saying. It's just like a muddled mess of drivel. Uh, but when he says it's a moral and legal issue here, it's moral. Well, first off, well, we can all, first off, my morals have virtually nothing to do with Joe Biden's morals. I, I don't know that Joe Biden knows his morals. Also, uh, as far as legal, uh, 100% it's a legal issue. It's a state's issue. States are deciding it right now. So you could take that up to the Supreme Court if you want, Joe Biden. But uh, your morals, thankfully, don't dictate the entire United States. And also, thankfully, we have something called federalism. But the reason I'm showing you that clip from a few months back uh, is because uh, Nikki Haley, a couple days ago, uh, did a CNN town hall uh, where she was asked about kids transitioning and trans bathrooms and all of these things. Uh, and she had a fairly straightforward answer. She doesn't want kids to be transitioned. Uh, she doesn't think that the uh, gays are being attacked uh, in any way that makes, you know, through any legal means or anything like that. It was, it was really just clean and clear and fairly obvious to anyone sane. But here is White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre's response to Nikki saying that you shouldn't have boys in girls' bathrooms. Former Governor Nikki Haley suggested that allowing transgender girls into female locker rooms is driving up suicidal thoughts among teenage girls. Uh, wondering if you have any comments. So, look, um, I'm not going to go beyond what we've talked about uh, when it comes to Department of Education, when it comes to this president, as it relates to that particular issue. Uh, 
But look, I think more broadly, what we have seen from Republicans just across the country as it relates to transgender youth, as it relates to the LGBTQI plus community, we've seen more than 600 bills. Uh, many of those are, are targeted at transgender youth. And, uh, and that is something that the president's gonna continue to speak out against. It is appalling uh, what we're seeing, the hate, the attack. Uh, on this community, and so the president's going to be very clear that he supports uh, the LGBTQ plus community. This is Pride Month, as you know. Uh, he's going to continue to lift up uh, the community and all their accomplishments, celebrate them. Uh, and so I'll just uh, I'll just leave it there for now. You got to admire the way they do it, right? Why do what do I always say about the woke? It's a parasite in the system, and it often overtakes the system. So you have to admire that it's doing what it set out to do, right? Like Alien in the first Alien movie, the doctor on board the ship as it's killing everybody admires it because it's actually accomplishing what its goals are. When she talks about the hate, literally Nikki Haley is up there like, let's not have boys in girls' bathrooms because it's upsetting the girls and now girls are having all sorts of issues, which we know girls are having all sorts of issues, suicide and depression and all of these things. Boys have another version of it, but all Nikki is saying is what we all knew to be true 10 years ago. You don't have boys and girls bathrooms. Very, very simple, not controversial. No one in their right mind thought that was controversial 10 years ago. Now, the mainstream position and the position of this administration is that a 15-year-old boy just announces the next day, right? My name was Adam. You all knew me as Adam. Now my name's Anna and I put on a dress. I'm going into that girl's bathroom and I'm going to watch all those girls change. And oh, I've got a wang and they're going to have to look at that and blah, 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 blah. And if you push back against that, what does this administration call you? They call you a hater and a, and a bigot and all of those things. It is patently, patently absurd. But if you want to see some real absurdity, this is a fine segue to absurdity. Uh, there is a guy uh, up in the San Francisco area. He is California state legislator uh, Scott Weiner. Yes, his name is Weiner, and he's big on chopping off Weiners. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, here he is honoring the drag queens uh, from really what is an anti-Catholic hate group at the Capitol. But just look at this. So proud of uh, Sister Roma and her work uh, in the community. And I'm proud of California for standing strong uh, in, uh, to support uh, LGBTQ people as our community is under assault uh, in the rest of the country. Sister Roma went on to say it's an incredible honor to have been nominated. She says being recognized not only means a lot to her, but the LGBTQ community at large. Okay, first off, I don't know what they mean by her. Is that person a woman or a man or what? Um, the sisters of the of perpetual indulgence is what they go. She's not a she's not a real sister in any way. This is not a legitimate sort of religious group or anything like that. Again, nobody, the G's have just nothing to do with this. It's, it's so boring and, and ridiculous. But, but it's interesting, they never, when, they, when they're going after, you know, when they're mock, the whole purpose of this group really is to, is to mock Christians, right? It's to mock Catholics in essence, right? Like they're pretending that they're like this order of nuns. It's funny that they never do this with Muslims, right? Isn't that bizarre? They never dress up like a bunch of Muslims in drag and see how that goes. Right? And then the LA Dodgers are honoring this group, literally honoring this group. We covered that last week. It's funny. I wonder if they would do that. Why doesn't Scott Weiner have the balls, you see what I did there, to do that? You guys get exactly what's going on. These people, by the grace of God, they live in a largely Christian society because only Christians would put up with this. Sanity. So what is the point of showing you that the left is keeping racism and this neo-gender lunacy on life support. The point is that this is not your father's Democrat party anymore. Check out uh, this tweet from uh, the End Wokeness Twitter account, which I like. Of course, what you're seeing there is JFK uh, with his child. I, I assume that's, uh, is that our, well, that would be uh, JFK Jr. maybe, or maybe it was the, was there was the daughter too, they had a daughter? I'm actually blanking. Did JFK have a daughter? I actually can't remember, uh, but maybe it's JFK Jr. Uh, and uh, here's the Democrat Party of today. There you go. It's a little heavy-handed, but you get it. Uh, but why does this keep happening? Why does this endless slog and slide into nothingness keep happening? Uh, there are a couple decent Democrats out there. Uh, you guys know that for all my differences with Bill Maher, I've, I haven't shown a clip of him in quite some time. Uh, I've been trying to 
kind of show him the light a little bit. Maybe he'll never quite get there, but even if he doesn't, he is, I think, roughly, uh, especially on the free speech stuff, a sane Democrat. Uh, I want to watch, I want to show you this clip. This is Bill Maher on Jimmy Kimmel, who is not a sane Democrat. In September of 2021, talking about how the Democrats and the mainstream media basically cause their base not to believe in truth. In this case, he's talking about COVID, but I think you can see how that then gets extrapolated through the race thing, the gender thing, and the rest of it. Take a look. But I have, I have to cite a, a survey that was in the New York Times, which is a liberal paper, so they weren't looking for this answer. But they were talking about, uh, this, the question was, what do you think the chances are that you would have to go to the hospital if you got COVID? Mm -hmm. And Democrats thought that was way higher than Republicans. 41% of Democrats, and the answer is between 1% and 5%. Okay. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% thought it was 20 to 49%. So 70% of Democrats thought it was way, way, way higher than it really was. Liberal media has to take a little responsibility for that, for scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is uh -huh. because it's much harder for every touring act to sell tickets in blue states. Oh, interesting. They're afraid to go out of the house. I see. Whereas in red states, it's all good to go. Uh-huh. So I just want to say to those people in <laughs> San Rafael and Pittsburgh and New York, I ain't going to give it to you. I you promise, I, you know, it's safe. We, we're doing everything we can. There's distancing, there's masking. Uh, and enjoy, live life. You did get it in Embrace me. life. You did get it. I got it after I was vaccinated. So you got to give Bill Maher credit there, right? Like he's going into a far lefty talk show host show. Now they're friends, actually. We discussed it when I was on the Club Random podcast. They're friends. Obviously, you know my feelings about uh, blackface Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but the audience there, you could feel how quiet they are and how afraid of laughing they are because he's calling out their machine. It is the Democrat machine that made Democrats go COVID crazy. It is the Democrat and media machine, right? It is the cable news networks, it's big tech, all that, that monstrous machine we're always talking about that has caused a certain set of people that used to be sane moderates to all go bananas. So they can't differentiate between boys and girls anymore. They can't accept that we are not a systemically racist nation, et cetera, et cetera. So good for Bill Maher for trying to call that out. Uh, but let's uh, continue because there is another sane Democrat, and I think he's about to find out what happens when you're a sane Democrat, and it ain't pretty. Uh, Democratic presidential candidate RFK. Oh, let me back up for one second. That was Caroline Kennedy in the picture. Thank you. I knew there was a daughter there. I was blanking on her name. Caroline Kennedy was... Uh, with uh, with President uh, Kennedy there. Um, JF, RFK Jr., there's a lot of FKs here. Uh, RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is running for president on the Democrat side. He's polling at about 20%. That is quite substantial, but the Democrats are making it clear. They are not putting Biden on a debate stage. They are just going to ignore this guy. It's a little unclear to me exactly why he's a Democrat still. I think it has mostly to do with environment stuff. I'm going to ask him about it uh, soon enough. Uh, in any event, he went on Jordan Peterson's podcast and, uh, the, wait, this is from Jordan's show, right? No, this, sorry, this one. Oh, sorry. This one's on Fox. We're going to do that one first. Uh, he went on Fox, uh, and he was talking about, uh, calling out both Trump and Biden when it came to the lockdowns and then what happened to the country economically after that. I'd like either, uh, President Biden or President Trump explain the lockdowns to us. That was a $16 trillion mistake. We shifted $4 trillion in wealth from the middle class in this country to the super rich, this new aristocracy of billionaires. The lockdowns created a billionaire a day, 500 new billionaires, and the people who came into the lockdown with a billion dollars increased their wealth by 30%. We had, you know, 41% of black-owned businesses will never reopen. Some of those businesses had two or three generations of sweat equity, of currency. And um, we closed 3.3 million businesses without due process, without just compensation. The White House, both White Houses were collaborating with Amazon and with the other social media sites to shut down their competitors. Amazon got to shut down 3.3 million competitors and we got it two year less than the entire public and how to you know, do our shopping on Amazon and those businesses, those retail businesses which are the heart and soul 
of the middle class and our democracy are now shut down. Isn't that refreshing? Like seeing an actual Democrat who I may have some dis disagreements with, which would be absolutely just fine. And it would be great to talk about them truly. Uh, but a Democrat not talking down to his constituents, right? He's saying Biden screwed up. He's saying Trump screwed up. But he's saying hard truths that it's the Democrats really who are the ones that have to think about the COVID stuff more than Republicans. Like just listen to Bill Maher. What's Bill Maher saying? Hey, I want to go out on the road and tour. Of course, he's saying this, you know, this is a year and a half ago or so, but it's still t to some extent happening right now. Uh, I want to go out on the road and tour and people aren't showing up in blue states, right? We can't tour in blue states because people won't come. And that's really what RFK is saying right there. Like the, the Democrat machine has scared people to the point that, again, they believe in all of these crazy things. You know, I think it's worth mentioning because it's come up a few times and I see comments about it, uh, that RFK actually has a, a condition. It's a medical condition called, called spasmodic dysphonia. And that's why his voice has that sort of, uh, there's some gravel in his voice and it's a little uh, inconsistent or something. I know a lot of people have asked about that. I don't, I don't know much more about the condition itself, but I think it is worth mentioning. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, Elon Musk after, he had Ron DeSantis uh, about a week and a half ago launch cam the campaign on Twitter Spaces. Elon Musk made it very clear that every single presidential candidate is welcome to do the exact same thing. Uh, I sincerely doubt that Joe Biden's going to do it. I, I suspect that a couple of the Republicans will kind of be afraid to do it, too, if you're going to stick more to talking points. Uh, but RFK Jr. did go on there yesterday with Elon and listen to the way, again, talk about not talking down and pandering to your base, but actually telling them some hard truths that the truths that then come with sane policy. Listen to this. Over the next three days, be meeting with people from the Border Patrol and elsewhere to try to formulate policies uh, that will seal the border permanently and stressing the school systems, stressing the, the social service systems for people who are already, for Americans who are already struggling with, it needs to be turned off. So that was RFK saying that if he were president, he would seal off the southern. Isn't that really something like think about that? That is a guy who's running to be president as a Democrat. Democrats, by and large, in essence, want open borders. They don't come out and say it. But what they basic we have basically had an open border. And what they basically want is once people are here, they cannot be kicked out. They are going to get phones. They are going to get services. Or as we've shown you over the last couple of weeks, and they're virtually only covering on Fox at a mainstream level, they are literally, people get here illegally. Then you get your, you know, these temporary immigration papers that tell you when you'll be, uh, you know, when you'll get your chance in court. And they're kicking them off to three years. So you're allowed to stay in the country for three years until you get your court case, if that court case ever arrives. So here he is saying something that's very Trumpy, isn't it? Very very Trumpy, like we are going to seal the freaking border. Now that I, I suppose the base is not going to like that, but isn't it refreshing again for your friends that, or, or for you watching this, if you're a moderate Democrat, isn't that basically what you have been waiting for? I think so. But the question again is why does all of this keep happening? Why does the race stuff keep happening? Why does the gender stuff keep happening? Why does the open border stuff keep happening? Well, there actually is a reason for it. Uh, this video has been making the rounds. It's from 2017, and it is the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, along with the CEO of Amex, American Express, uh, explaining how they basically use their conglomerates to, quote, force behaviors on people. This is wild. And remember, this is about six, seven years ago. So think about what we've been through for the last six, seven years. Now listen to this. You, you now make a point of, that's, that's an investment criteria for you. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. 54% uh, of the incoming class are women. We, we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year. And it, if it, it, you know, what we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, it, your compensation could be impacted, okay? We're doing the same thing. And so it's just, it, you have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. And that's not just not recruiting, it is development, as Ken said. And ultimately, 
it's still going to take time, but I am just as much shocked as Ken is that we have not seen more opportunities, and we're going to have to force change. How do you get it, guys? Force change. Force behaviors. Uh, Larry Fink, by the way, has been the CEO of BlackRock, I think, since 1988. He is still the CEO of BlackRock. He is a white man. I looks like in, in maybe his uh, early to mid-60s. Uh, has not stepped down for a black lesbian yet. It's very, very bizarre. I thought change starts with you, the man in the mirror. What are you doing, dude? But now do you get it? So these companies that then push these crazy policies on all of their subsidiaries are actually injecting racism, injecting gender discrimination against, say, straight people, et cetera, et cetera, into all these things. So there's a clean path, right? That's what I'm trying to lay out to you guys today. When every day we wake up and there's more craziness or why does the craziness never stop? There's a, there's a clear reason for it. Uh, but I think that there's some chances out of this, obviously. And I've done now 45 minutes of a show without mentioning Ron DeSantis. Obviously, he's the, the Republican. And then I would say the wide American answer to this because he's done it so well here. But the Democrats have a glimmer of hope. It's not going to work, but it's, it's worthy of talking about. It's worthy of helping people wake up the positive vision that RFK Jr. is talking about. Again, whether I have some disagreements with him probably on, on environmental stuff, mostly like where that should come from, private or public or whatever. But there needs to be a positive vision going forward for America. So now we can get to the clip of RFK Jr. I think this was just dropped this morning on Jordan's podcast, uh, uh, talking about sort of his, his philosophy and something that a certain famous relative of his once said. You're willing to avo avoid or would like to avoid using using fear as a motivating factor when you're making your case for environmental concerns. Okay, well, that, you know, that seems to be a good answer on the motivational front. The reason that FDR said the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself, and he said that, you know, it wasn't during World War II, it was in 1932, and he said that because the Depression had uh, landed, you know, in the United States and Europe, and he he saw we, we had, you know, we had left-wing uh, leaders, demagogues like Huey Long, that a third of the country wanted to turn, you know, essentially socialist or communist. We had a right wing uh, like uh, like Father Charles Coughlin, who wanted to bring the the the, the uh, nation fascists. The people had lost faith in democracy. It was uh, one out of every four Americans was unemployed. Twenty two hundred banks had closed. It, you know, it was crashing, and everybody was convinced by, that democracy and capitalism had failed. We had to look for a new system. We will. We can write this. We can change it. We can recover what we had, but we just have to stay out of fear because that is the weapon of tyrants. Guys, I think this is a Rubin report first. I have to issue a second correction. Obviously, RFK Jr. is not related to FDR. The quote, of course, is the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So how do we tie everything that we're talking about together here? Well, keeping racism alive, pushing the idea that if you don't want boys in girls' bathrooms, that somehow you're a hater, that, right, that you hate that person as opposed to protecting girls or whatever it might be. These are all things that are based in fear. You are trying to make it seem like, like there is evil everywhere and only if you give more power to the government and or these corporations that, that somehow that will alleviate that fear. I would like to read that Thomas Sowell quote one more time. Racism is not dead, but it is on life support, kept alive by politicians, race hustlers, and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racists. So the point is, if a certain set of people keep racism alive, and it is alive in that it's on life support and they are constantly injecting it with steroids to keep it moving, then the rest of us just have to move on. They will not stop. Sonny Hostin will not have the come to Jesus moment, right? These people will not stop, but the rest of us actually, especially because of new technology and everything else, will have a chance to basically separate from them and think of the world in a new way and build new things. So the solution, the positive path forward is to only fear nothing, but fear itself. Um, and you know what? There was another guy that actually is and was related to RFK. Now I'll get it right. Named JFK. And you might remember 
what he once said. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. RFK, JFK, FDR, I'm DJR. This has been the Ruben Report. Join us for a post-game show right now at rubenreport.locals.com and we will see everybody tomorrow. Donald Trump says he makes fun of people. He belittles people. He lies. I don't do any of those things. Take away our gun. You're for shit. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Clap for that, you stupid bastards. You're too old to go for Take the AR, your AR-14s. Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, let's get on the There's a lot of guys. No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? Uh, look, uh, look, here's the deal. Wait, 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 you're getting nervous, man. But Biden quickly became agitated when Fallon didn't agree to support him in the caucuses. We got to stop building and replacing pipelines. We have to go vote for something new. All right, thanks. I did not expect to be told to leave, to go vote for somebody else, and then to be lectured about. And then he presses on Fallon's chest, pokes him with a finger, and finally grabs his jacket with two hands. It was not appropriate interaction for anybody. I mean, if I'd done that to him, the security would have been all over me. <laughs> now, no, no, shush. Shush. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.